0: All right, it is good to be back tonight for Missions Conference, amen. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter number 14, Luke chapter number 14. I've enjoyed the service again tonight, the singing and all the uh, presentations has just been wonderful. We want to pray for the Womacks as they go to South Africa, also uh, the Farans as Uh, They'd go to Ireland. We want to pray for these missionaries that God would just undergird them, amen, and help them uh, in their journey. Well, I tonight, again, want to mind the Lord and give you what God's laid on my heart. And uh, this, I believe, is another key to God working in missions. As last night, we preached on... Basically the church and how God knows what we need so we can meet the needs of other people around the world. And tonight I want us to look in Luke chapter number 14 and I think this is a a matter that we need to look at tonight in relation to God's great commission to get the gospel around the world. Amen. Did you come to get in tonight? Amen, amen. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Let's look in the Word of God. Luke chapter number 14 and verse number 25. Luke chapter 14 and verse number 25. The Bible says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Did you read along with me what I just read? Hate is a very strong term. But yet, we read what God said in the pages of His Word, the Bible. We'll continue reading verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish it. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. We'll stop reading there. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to be gathered together tonight. Lord, we need your touch. Lord, we need your help in this service. Lord, I pray for the hearts of those gathered here tonight. I pray they would be attentive. Lord, I pray they would be uh, free from distraction. Lord, I pray that you would remove from our minds those things, Lord, that would uh, cause us, Lord, not to be tuned in with, your heart tonight, and your mind. Lord, I pray you would help me, Lord. Fill me, Lord, tonight. Help me to preach. Lord, this message you've laid upon my heart. God, I pray that it would make a difference in eternity. God, if there's somebody listening, Lord, that's not saved, Lord, I pray tonight would be the glad night, Lord, of their salvation. Lord, I pray for maybe that, individual, Lord, you're working in and about calling them to a particular area of ministry. God, I pray that listen and respond to the Word of God. Lord, I pray for the church. God, help your people, Lord, to have a surrendered heart and an available heart. Lord, to be used in giving and, Lord, sending and supporting and Praying and supplicating, Lord, for those that are on the field and going to the field. God, I pray you would help us, Lord, tonight. Thank you for this church. Thank you for their pastor. And pray you would bless this mission's conference. God, continue, Lord, to bless. And we'll thank you for what you do tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'd like to draw your attention tonight to Luke chapter number 14, To three phrases that end three verses. All the same statement in verse number 26. The verse ends, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27 ends with this phrase, cannot be my disciple. Verse number 33, a little distance down, ends in this fashion, he cannot be my disciple. May I remind you that a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. There are requirements if we as followers of Jesus Christ are going to continue in fellowship, we must follow certain guidelines in our life to be a true Disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. All God's people said, Amen, amen. In verse number 27, that requirement has to do with bearing His cross. That's a matter of action in the Christian life. That deals with hardship. That deals with difficulty. Listen, if we are not willing to bear some hardship and bear some difficulty in our lives, we will be like those that are by the wayside watching, those that step aside and quit. But if we're to continue on, we've got to go through difficulty. Somebody say amen. That's part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Verse 28 through verse 33, a much lengthier portion of scripture deals with counting the cost. This is a matter of attention in our lives. It deals with honesty in our own heart. Are we willing to pay the price, amen, to step out and do what God wants us to do? These missionaries must, at a time in their lives, say, Lord, I believe the work of God is more important than the comforts of life. I believe that the cost is worth it in this day for my family and I to surrender our hearts and our lives to go as God's called us to go. It's counting the cost. It's being honest with your own heart before God. Listen, we as God's people inside our local churches, we need to count the cost, amen, in this day. Matter of missions and supporting missionaries around the world. We need to get honest with our own heart about the needs around the world. We've got to count the cost, we've got to lay it on the line. That's being a true disciple and a true follower of Jesus Christ. Verse number 26 is a hard pill to swallow. As the Bible deals with this matter of hating, not. If any man come to me and hate not, and the list is lengthy, a father, a mother, you say, how in the world could I hate my mom and my dad? I was raised in a Christian home. I have a mom and dad who has been faithful to love one another, And love me as their child. How could I hate my mom and dad? The Bible continues and mentions children. Or excuse me, a wife and and children. I have a dear precious wife. I call her my Jen friend. Her name is Jennifer and for short Jen and she's my friend. So she's my Jen friend. Been married this past October, 27 years. How in the world could I hate my wife? God's blessed us with five children. Four girls and one boy. Two girls, the oldest, the boy right in the middle, and two younger girls. And the two younger girls is like a second set of the older two. And those that know my children know that is the case. My son claims that he was so precious that we didn't need another one like him. And uh, anyway, we have five precious children. How in the world could God ask of me to hate my children to be a follower of him? Then it mentions your brethren and sisters. And then you look inwardly in your own life also. God said, if you hate not, you cannot be my disciple. May I take you to the Old Testament? I want to show you what this means by hating not. Turn to Genesis chapter 29. I'll show you this in the Bible and we'll move on. This is by way of introduction tonight. We're getting to the message, amen? The pastor, I'm I'm following his advice. He told me to mind the Lord and take my time, amen, not to get in a hurry. So, uh, amen, I'm going to follow his leadership. Did we come to get in or get out, amen? Hope you came to get in. Genesis chapter number 29, the Bible says this in verse number 30. Genesis chapter 29, verse 30, And he went in also unto Rachel... And he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him yet seven other years. Of course, you know the story how Jacob worked seven years and thought he would have Rachel, but he was somewhat deceived and got Leah instead. And the Bible says in verse 31, And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Look at verse 30 once again. He went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah. The word hate in the Bible, as it indicates here, can mean that you love less than you do something else or someone else. To love less is a way that word can be used. Let's turn to the New Testament. I'll show you that in another text. Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number 10. Matthew chapter number 10. Look please, if you will, in verse number 35. Matthew chapter 10 in verse number 35. The Bible says... For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Verse 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me, is not worthy of me. You know what the scripture's talking about when it tells us we need to hate our father and our mother, our wife, our children, our brothers, our sisters, and our own life also? We ought to love those less than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus ought to be first. Jesus ought to be number one. Jesus ought to have the place of preeminence. Amen. Parents make idols out of their children. And they put their children on a pedestal. And listen, if you're not careful, you'll love them more than you love God. We need to love our family and ourselves less than we do the Lord now that brings me to something here that we're preaching on tonight I want to preach tonight on this subject with God's help a surrendered heart a surrendered heart you know as parents we can say there's people in every one of these countries around the world need to be saved But do you love those souls enough to say, well, if God calls my child, I'll be on board with that? If God wants my child to be that missionary, to be sent out to go to uh, some African country or go to India or go to Brazil, go to some of these other places over in Europe and Great Britain, maybe down in Australia, are you willing to say I love souls enough That I'm willing to give my children on that altar to go to the mission field. How much do you love souls? How much do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. I'm talking about a surrendered heart. I'm talking about surrendering your heart to the Lord. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy acceptable. Unto God, which is our reasonable service, we need to give ourselves as a living sacrifice. Do you know that burnt offering preacher in the Old Testament was an offering of a total consumption? Totally consumed. We stand in church and we sing, I surrender all. Do we really do that? Is your heart on the altar? Of sacrifice laid have you given your all in a surrendered way to the Lord Jesus Christ that's an important question how many of us in all sincerity have said Lord I surrender all Lord I'm available Lord, however you want to use me and my family. God, however you want to take my heart and mold it. Lord, however you want to use me. I'm willing, Lord, to be used of you. Lord, I'm available. I'm available. God needs a people like that. That will say, I'm available. There's several references in the Bible that I would like to take you on a journey through tonight to where people in the Word of God said either here I am or here am I in the Bible. There's several of them, Pastor Shiflett. People that said, here I am. And every time they said that, God had something special in their life. Amen. I think the key is, are we willing to say, here I am. Here I am. Let's turn to Exodus chapter number 3. We'll start our journey in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter number 3. Exodus chapter number 3. I mentioned missions conferences, the most important meeting of the year because of the long-lasting effects. And listen, I have no doubt in my mind that there might be somebody in this great number of people and even listening or watching online that God might be working on right now in your heart about surrendering to go to a mission field. Wouldn't that be something special right in the middle of missions conference if somebody came forward and said, God's calling me to go to the field of service. God's calling me. Wouldn't that be special? Right in the middle of missions revival, missions conference. I surrender all. Exodus chapter 3, let's look at verse number 1. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And here's the words. And he said, read it with me, church. The Bible says, here am I. You know, when Moses said, Here am I, God had something in store for Moses. I want you to see as we look at this situation, this was a place of surrender, no doubt, but it was a pure place. Look at verse 5, and he said, Draw, nigh, or draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. And church, I'm telling you, it's holy ground, amen. When somebody surrenders their heart and says, God, here am I. It's holy ground. That's a holy place. That's a precious place. That's a sacred place. When somebody gives their heart and voice in surrender to God. Not only is it a pure place, it's a personal place. Look at verse 7. And the Jebusites. God began to share some very personal information with Moses that everybody else didn't know about. God's given Moses some very special attention because he's come to a place of surrender before the Lord. Listen, a very personal place. I remember when God was dealing with us about Uh, the country of Denmark, and we stepped forward to go to Denmark. Those were some very precious moments as God was dealing with us and uh, giving uh, to our heart that burden to go and work there those number of years that we did. And listen, it was a very personal place. Verse 10, it was a productive place. Come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses said, I'm glad, amen, you're going to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage. And God said, yeah, I'm going to send you. Amen. God said, you've surrendered. You've said, here am I, and I'm just going to send you, amen. Amen. That brings me to this. This place of surrender was putting Moses in a place where he was asked to do what he felt inadequate for. He was stretching himself beyond himself to step into the unknown, into the place that he felt totally inadequate for. But you know when God uses people, that's just exactly what he does. I don't think there's a position I've had yet in the ministry that I felt like I was adequate for. God called me to work as a, an assistant a youth pastor years ago, and I felt like that at that time was way over my head. And then from there led me into pastoring a church, and I'm thinking, "Oh my, this is this is over my head." And then. From there, God led us overseas, and I was really thinking, an old country boy that was raised in North Carolina, God's sending me overseas to work in a land with a foreign language. What in the world is God thinking? Amen I thought I needed a check up from my neck up to change my stinking thinking, Amen. What in the world? But you know, as you surrender, your life to God, sometimes God nudges you on out there in those waters of of an uncomfortable spot and a place you may feel inadequate for. But you know, when you feel like you can't, that's when God steps in, amen, and shows you that He can through you, amen. God can use you in a place that you may feel inadequate for. And it all starts with saying, Lord, here am I. Here am I. That's a place of dedication. That's a place of surrender. That's a place of reliance and dependence upon God. God, here am I. Doesn't the Bible say in Philippians 4, I can do all things... Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen. You might not be able to, but God's able. Amen. God's able if you'll only surrender with a surrendered heart and say, God, here am I. Here am I. Use me. Use me. I'm glad God's able to use people when they feel inadequate. Amen. I read in... Corinthians where Paul's talking about that thorn of the flesh and he made it very clear there that that thorn was not to be removed but Paul said when I'm weak amen that's when he is strong amen God can if only you'll be willing if only you'll be willing amen let's turn to Genesis chapter number 22 let's take another Look at this journey through the Scripture. Genesis chapter 22. I appreciate the spirit of this church. Amen. Y'all about to preach me to death. Amen. 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 Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. The Bible says this. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham... And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, say it with me, church, here I am. oh watch out, something else is coming that God wants to do in the life of this man when he said, Here I am. Here it comes. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Can you imagine the heart and mind of Abraham as God asked him to offer that son in whom he loves? But Abraham, being a man of faith, was going to obey God no matter what it cost him because he was a man of faith. You read in Hebrews chapter number 11, Abraham had so much faith in God. Hebrews chapter number 11, the Bible tells us on down in that great chapter of faith, Hebrews 11 verse number 19, the Bible says this in verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. It's what the Bible said. Abraham believed God so much that he thought if he killed his son, God would raise him up from the dead. That was the faith of Abraham. He said, I'm going to obey God no matter what the cost. And listen, sometimes when we say, here am I or here I am, sometimes it means giving up what you love the most. Giving up what you love the most. That's a matter of dedication. It has to do with sacrifice. And Abraham was willing to make that sacrifice because he first said, Here I am. Lord, whatever you want with my life, I'm here. Whatever you want to ask of me, I'm here. Lord, wherever you want to send me, I'm here. Whatever you want me to give in that faith promised mission, amen, I'm here. Here I am. I'm available. A surrendered heart. Church, do we have a surrendered heart? To follow God no matter what it may cost us, even something that's dear to our heart? Have you determined these children we're raising for God, we're willing to send to the mission field if God calls them? That's tough, isn't it? That's hard preaching. That's difficult. But it's a surrendered heart. It's a surrendered heart. You know, I'd rather my children be across the ocean and in the will of God, than to be next door to me out of the will of God? Exactly right. Exactly right. Amen. Yes, sir. See, I couldn't imagine. I want my children to be right where God wants them. No matter how much it may seem to cost me, I want them to be right where God wants them. Here I am, Lord. Here's my life. Here's my family. Lord, take my life and let it be. Amen. Consecrated, Lord, to thee. Lord, it's all yours. It's all yours. It's surrendered. Let's move further through that little journey through the Bible. Let's turn next, if you will, please, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter number 3. 1 Samuel chapter number 3. There was a young man that had been dedicated to the service of the Lord by his mother Hannah. His name was was Samuel, which would be the prophet Samuel. Samuel was in the temple serving the Lord under one Eli, the high priest, which was not really in tune with the Lord as he should have been, and especially Eli's sons, which were sons of Belial, the Bible tells us. But here was little Samuel, and one night in chapter number 1, 1 Samuel, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1, 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, listen, there was darkness in the seer, in the eyes also of the high priest, Eli. There was dimness in the temple. There was darkness all around. The Bible tells us in Verse 3, when Samuel was laid down to sleep, verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, say it with me, church, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I call not. Samuel, you're losing your little mind. (laughs) You've gone crazy. Lie down again, and he, of course I added that little extra there, and he went and lay down, and the Lord called yet again, Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me, and he answered, I call not, you crazy boy. Amen, again, that's not in the original text, amen. Lie down again. And then verse number 8, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me, and Eli perceived, after the third time that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. This child over and over again in response to the voice of God unbeknownst to him at the time, he was saying, Here am I. Watch out, something's going to happen. When somebody says, In response to God's call, Here am I. Well, the Lord came again and spake to Samuel and gave of the judgment that was to fall upon the nation of Israel for their waywardness, also upon the house of Eli and all that would befall them. And Samuel was fearful and terrified to tell Eli the message that he had been given by God. Verse 15, And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision, Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here's the phrase again, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. When you surrender to God, it may be that God asks you to proclaim that which is uncomfortable to say. (laughs) When you say, Lord, it's all yours, he may say, okay, I want you to go proclaim this. You know the Bible warns the prophets in the Old Testament not to fear their faces. It would do every church member good. On occasions to sit up here on the platform, Pastor Shiflett, and see what you preach to every week. Some people just as happy of a countenance as they can be. Some people got the sour face, the poochy lip disease. Some people look like they're going to sleep. Some people look like they're disinterested. Some people's counting the lights in the chandeliers. <laughs> But amen, regardless of people's response, when you say, here am I, Lord, you just preach what God gives you to preach, amen, and just proclaim what God tells you to proclaim. Just preach on, preacher, preach, amen. Just preach on. Sometimes proclaiming that which is difficult and uncomfortable to say, this is a matter of duty, and it takes courage. The great Peter Cartwright was warned to watch his remarks and keep them inoffensive because President Andrew Jackson would be in attendance. He said, I have been told that President Andrew Jackson is in the congregation and I have been asked to guard my remarks. What I must say is, that if Andrew Jackson, what I must say is that Andrew Jackson will go to hell if he doesn't repent of his sin. That's what he said. That took some courage. That took some good old Holy Ghost boldness. After the sermon, President Jackson said to Peter Cartwright, Sir, if I had a regiment of men like you, I could whip the world. That's what he said. Amen. When you surrender to do what God wants you to do, amen, he may ask of you to say or proclaim that which is difficult to say, but just preach on, amen, Proclaim the truth in this untoward generation. Amen. Just keep giving out the truth. Turn to Genesis chapter 46. We'll continue our journey, amen, through the Scripture. Genesis chapter 46. Genesis chapter 46. The Bible says in verse number 1, And Israel took his journey with all that he he had, came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel, that is Jacob, in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, say it with me church, here am I. This is my fourth point. You know what's coming. God's getting ready to do something pretty spectacular because here's another one that said, Here am I. Watch out when somebody says, Lord, I'm available. Watch out when somebody says, Lord, I surrender all. Watch out when somebody says, God, whatever you want, I'm here. Genesis chapter 46, here's what's going to happen as we look at verse 3. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt. Amen. I'm glad whatever God leads us to do, I'm glad he goes with us. Amen. Amen. You may be asked to go down to a place called Egypt, but thank God if he leads you, he'll go with you. And I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And the Bible continues, And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones, and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob, and all his seed with him. Sounds like a missionary going to the field to me, amen? Packing up all their belongings, amen? Moving into into a strange land. Obeying God and going where God called them to go. Sometimes when you say, here am I, Lord, it means leaving the place you call home. That's a matter of direction. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of obeying the call of God. And I'm glad, amen, people are still to this day obeying the call of God in their life. Amen. The field needs missionaries. The field needs people to go. If missionaries are not called out of churches like Calvary Baptist Church, where are the missionaries going to come from? If the gospel is to go forth into all the world, somebody must go. Somebody must answer the call. I'm glad that people are still saying, Lord, wherever you want my family, whatever you want us to do, Lord, here I am. Send me. I'll go. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Our journey continues. I was praying about preaching this message before the meeting began. But as Brother Ferrand was preaching the chapel today, this was confirmed in my heart. This is what God wanted me to preach tonight. Isaiah chapter 6. We read again. As Isaiah... Chapter 6, verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. And of course, the heavenly scene, the seraphims, verse number 2, verse 3, they were crying, Holy, Holy, Holy. We see the post of the door moved in verse 4, and the voice of Him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Isaiah, seeing this scene and his unworthiness to be in such a heavenly place and heavenly scene, verse 5 Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand. Which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth, and said, "Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged." Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I sin, and who will go for us?" Then Isaiah said, "Then said I, This is Isaiah. Say it with me, church. Here I am." Ah, And then the last two words of that verse Send me Send me Here's a servant of God that said Here am I Lord I'll go for you Here am I This was a readiness to represent God with eagerness He was ready to go for God Amen He was ready to go with the message This is the desire, this is willingness, this is a heart to do what God wants done. This is an I surrender all statement, here am I Lord, send me, send me, send me. It's one thing for God to have to press and twist and make things come to bear in our lives to force us to Get on the right track. It's another thing altogether for volunteers to line up and say, God, can I go? Can I go? Don't teachers just love the student that is so willing that they want to do everything you ask to be done in the class? How many of you all teach here at Calvary Baptist or whatever the school is called? Amen. Amen. Several of you you know sometimes you have to twist and pry I mean just to get them to do anything and then times there's there's those special kids they just have a will and heart just to do what needs to be done they're the first one to volunteer I have a young man in my class and I teach four different age groups of Bible classes in the high school at Tabernacle Christian School there in Greenville and uh, I have one of those guys and one of those Middle school classes, I ask for a volunteer, his first hand up. Every time. I can can count on it. Every time, his hand's going up. Don't you think God appreciates that in his service? When God's people are lined up saying, God, let me, let me, let me, Lord, amen. Let me. Isaiah was such a servant of God. He said, Lord, I'll go. Send me. Send me. That's a readiness to serve with eagerness. That's a desire from within. He wanted to go with God. May God help us to have a heart like that. Amen. And then last of all, let's turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. We'll wind it up with this. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Without going into a lot of details, you know the experience Saul, who later would become the Apostle Paul, his experience that he had when he met the Lord. You understand in that instance that he was blinded. There was a man by the name of Ananias that was asked to go to speak to Paul. Acts chapter 9. Let's pick up in verse number 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near, near Damascus and suddenly... There shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee. What thou must do, and when the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. Verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias! And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. There it is again. Watch out. Something's getting ready to happen. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the streets which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and has seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Lord, you want me to go talk to him? He's been killing Christians. He's been persecuting the church. Lord, you want me to talk to him? Sometimes when you say, here am I, It means having the gumption to overcome circumstances and just do, after swallowing real hard, what God's asked you to do. (laughs) Amen. This is determination. This is boldness in the faith, trusting God over circumstances. I mentioned before there has been hurdles in my own personal life that seemed way over my head. But through the help of God, God's allowed me to take steps in my life by faith, knowing that it wasn't me that was going to be able to do that, but it was God Almighty working in my life that could get the job done. And listen, God appreciates that anyway. Not that we'll glory in the flesh, but that He'll get all the glory. God's chosen the weak things of the world and those things which are despised. God's chosen those base things of the world. Amen, I are one, amen. I'm one of those little ones that I've tried in my life to listen to the voice of God and say, God, here am I. God, whatever you want, I want to be willing to do it for your name's sake. Lord here am I now in closing tonight do you have a surrendered heart do you have a heart to say God here am I I'm available maybe God's calling a family an individual to step out by faith and say God I know you've been dealing with me about going to a mission field or field of service, and Lord, I'm just going to give it all to you tonight and say, Lord, here I am. Maybe in your life, God's been dealing with you about witnessing to your family and your friends and your neighbors. You say, God, I don't care what kind of response they're going to look at me with, I don't care what type of... Reaction I'm going to have, I'm just going to step out by faith And I'm just going to go tell them about Jesus, amen Maybe God's dealing with you this week Knowing we have faith promise giving coming up About taking a step of faith in that missions giving You say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it I'll step out by faith and whatever God you want me to do That's what I'll put down that we'll, by faith, try to give to missions this year Lord, here I am. Lord, you have all of me, even my wallet, amen. Lord, I'm here. I'm available. I'm available. Do you have a surrendered heart? Do you have a surrendered heart? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word, Lord, how it speaks to us. Lord, I appreciate you dealing with my heart, Lord in many different ways Lord even as I prepared to preach tonight God I pray you do a work in this church in their hearts Lord help us as your people be willing have a surrendered heart a heart of availability it's been said many times the best ability is availability God I believe that I, I believe Lord we just need to be available God help us Lord to be willing to be used of you We pray you'd touch hearts tonight. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor, I'll turn the service over.